Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lever Ball Show. And on this episode, I'm joined by Jeff Dooley. And um, I had a chance to meet Jeff a little while back um, when I interviewed him on the podcast called the uh, Levin Marcus Show that I did last year with uh, former NFL player Marcus Ogden. And, um, you know, Jeff has done a lot in the world of sports broadcasting. Um, and, you know, Jeff, I'll let you introduce yourself in just a second. But some of his roles have included, um, you know, professional baseball with the Hartford uh, Yard Goats, um, you know, college basketball with University of Hartford, um, among other places. But, uh, Jeff, I hope I did you justice with the intro. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, great to, to be on with you as always and, and talk sports. Yeah, this is uh this is a you know obviously it's a it's a fun uh, thing to do for a career so very fortunate to uh, you know to have broadcasting and to to work in the sports industry. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, and you know um, we talked a little bit before we started recording about some of your roles. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you call live games, but I think one thing people don't know about minor league baseball is how much extra work uh, goes in behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, there was actually one minor league baseball team that talked to me about working with them last summer. Um, but things didn't work out primarily because, you know, I was doing that podcast with the NFL player and they said, you know, we don't just need you in there calling games. You know, we need you working in the office and doing this and doing that. And they were just concerned that because I was, you know, not only co-hosting the show with the, the, you know, the NFL player, but also I was the producer and, you know, handling the sponsorship deals and things like that that there just wouldn't be enough enough time. Um, and so I ended up doing arena football last summer, which like I only had to do six home games. Much, much, much smaller time commitment. But what is the life like, you know, for someone who who isn't familiar with minor league baseball, you know, as a broadcaster, not only calling all the games, obviously baseball plays more games than other professional sports, but then the work you do behind the scenes and the work you do in the off season. Yeah, Lever, it's a great question. And, and I always tell folks trying to get into this field that it's it's more than a career, it's really a lifestyle. And you have to be on board with, with uh, you know, some maybe changes in your life and you have to be all in. And, you know, that means sometimes family commitments. It means, you know, commitments with friends sometimes get just kind of pushed um, on the back burner because it's a lot of time at the ballpark. Um, I'm fortunate I have been in this role for a long time as a director of broadcasting. So I do the, the actually work for the team, the Rockies AA affiliate, the Hartford Yard Goats, 12 months out of the year. So I'm a full-time employee. I, I do, um, on a game-by-game -game basis, I handle broadcasting at the University of Hartford. I do their their basketball games on television, their men's and women's games. But the full-time job is is with the baseball. And my role changes dramatically from the off-season to the season. I'm, I'm obviously the, the broadcaster during the year. And when um, we get into the winter months, like right, right now, like you mentioned, we're building our season. So I'm one of about five or six on our sponsorship team that uh, are out there selling billboards and promotions and trying to get businesses to, uh, you know, buy into what we're doing here in Hartford. And, uh, you know, we're very fortunate. We've got great sponsors and season ticket holders and obviously have this wonderful ballpark, Dunkin' Donuts Park, that we can sell. So um, it is uh, it's a fun place to go to work every day for sure. Yeah. And I think you you, uh, you know, articulated that really well when you say lifestyle. It's not just a career. And, and there are some professions that I think are designed 
to accommodate other parts of your life. So, you know, there are people who pick professions that they don't necessarily find interesting, but because of, you know, the pay and the schedule, it fits well with, you know, their family time and and other things they want to get involved in. You know, broadcasting, if you want to do it, it, it is your life. You know, how have you, um, you know, from, from what I remember, you're, you're a husband and a, and a father, um, you know, how do you balance the grind with also being a family man? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and you know, you need to have the family on board uh, for sure. You know, my wife and two boys, they've uh, kind of grown up at the ballpark, you know, uh, obviously my wife first and, you know, she's been with me for a long time and kind of on this this ride through the minor league, so to speak. Um, and and my I have two boys that both play baseball. One plays in college now um, and another one's a freshman in high school. So they they've kind of grown up around going to the ballpark and, you know, and, and getting to learn from, you know, the guys that are just the best in the world of what they do. So certainly some great opportunities for those guys as well. But you don't punch the clock. I mean, a lot of people go into work and they work nine to five. I tell people all the time, I work nine to five and I haven't even really begun my real job as the broadcaster, you know, with our 6.30 pregame show. So that's why I say it's more than a job or career. It's definitely a lifestyle. Um, but that being said, it's a great place to go. I mean, I go to Duncan Lawrence Park to work every day. And I love when I have prospective clients that maybe want to get their business involved in the team and I get to show them the, you know, give them a tour of the ballpark and show them, you know, how we can help their business. So um, there's just so many different avenues when it when it comes to sports, but, and there's no vacation in, 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 in sport, right? So, I mean, obviously you do get your time off, but Fourth of July, right? There is always games, you know, there are games on Thanksgiving, there are games on, you know, over the Christmas break. So it's just something to think about. But that being said, there's nothing better than, um, I think, than than going into this industry and, you know, being able to uh, do what you love every day, because it's, if you love something, it's it's really not a job. That's true. And, you know, the other thing that, that made, you know, broadcasting appealing to me and, you know, why I've made some of the sacrifices that, you know, I've made in order to remain in broadcasting and not drop out of the industry is because for me, I like doing things that other people consider unrealistic. So, you know, working nine to five, there are plenty of, you know, in the corporate world, there are plenty of benefits to that. And there's a lot more comfort and stability. Um, but, you know, I like, again, I like doing things that other th people think are impossible. And, you know, and in different professions, you know, whether it's like being a broadcaster, playing sports professionally or being in movies or running for office. I mean, I've never done any of those things, but like, you know, some people don't even try to do those things, let alone do them because they're so intimidated. And so that's always something I've enjoyed is is just setting really, really, really lofty goals. And that's what's most fulfilling for me. Although you mentioned also like your family has to be on board. And people have to be in your corner for you to do it. And I think, you know, in any really competitive industry, the path to the highest level can be very lonely. Um, but what do you think, though, are some of the the misconceptions people have about your life as a broadcaster? Because people talk about expectation and reality are not the same. You know, what are some of the challenges that you deal with that maybe someone who doesn't work in broadcasting might think you don't have to deal with? Well, I get a lot of people that, and and don't get me wrong, I love my job, but people, oh, I, it would be so cool to to do what you do or to be you. And I said, well, yeah, for maybe a couple of Friday nights or something, but, 
You know, when I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania on the 4th of July, you know, 10 hours away from my family, it, it's not always as appealing. Um, you know, there are different things like that. I would say that, you know, it's a, and again, I, I do love my job and I'm in a really good spot, but there are certainly challenges like every job, um, you know, and I'm, I'm the broadcaster. So you get to see, you know, you get to meet the players and work with the coaches. So you see it from a little bit different, but like everyone in our front office staff is working long hours and, you know, and, and trying to get after it and trying to, you know, make sure that we have the best um, opportunity to to uh, entertain our fans because that's what we control at the end of the day. Um, but I think those are some of the things that, uh, you know, people talk about is that, you know, do you maybe go in two hours before the game and, you know, and, and do your prep work then? And no, that's not the case. I mean, the prep work begins at nine o'clock a.m. when you're doing the notes and printing out the statistics for the coaches and this and that. Um, but uh, there's, you know, is, there's obviously some great benefits as well. But but yeah, with your family, you definitely need to have somebody on board. I've heard that from numerous times. Um, you know, even with players start relationships sometimes um, in spring training, and then it's the first time that their girlfriend has been through a minor league baseball season. And it can be challenging that you're used to being around and, and all of a sudden you're not because you have to go work for six months out of the year. Um, now, in the broadcasting field, I've been very fortunate. I've worked for three different owners. And I've always been a full-time member of the club, uh, doing sponsorship in the off-season and, and media relations and broadcasting during the summer months. Uh, some broadcasters um, actually just work seasonal. So it really depends on the situation. You, there, there are definitely jobs that are seasonal that you just work from April through uh, that first, second week of September. But I've been fortunate, um, you know, that I've been able to, uh, you know, to kind of uh, have that full-time job during the off season as well. Yeah. I think that gives you, um, that gives you, you know, stability, you know, having that, that off season job. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm curious also, so, you know, we've talked a lot about just kind of like the broadcasting profession itself, but, you know, I want to ask you specifically about the yard goats. Um, you know, from what I understand, they've been affiliated with more than one MLB team over the years. They haven't been with the same team the entire time. And, um, you know, for anyone listening who's not familiar, you know, with the, you know, Yard Goats, um, can you kind of tell everyone, you know, which MLB team they're affiliated with, you know, what the the ballpark experience is like, um, you know, maybe some history of the team. Uh, for anyone who's not familiar with the Yard Goats, you know, what can you tell everyone about the team specifically? Yeah, Leverett, absolutely. Yeah, we, um, we're the AA affiliate of the Colorado Rockies. So this organization, though, was traced back all the way to the Bristol Red Sox back in 1973. So they became the Bristol Red Sox. They moved to New Britain, became the New Britain Red Sox for uh, between 83 and 94, and then became the New Britain Rockcats and became affiliated with the Minnesota Twins. And then we got a chance to move into this, this really this palace Dunkin' Donuts Park in uh, in 2000. It was supposed to be ready in 2016. We actually opened the doors for fans in 2017. We played that entire 2016 season on the road. Um, so it was that was interesting to say the least. But um, uh, so we've been affiliated. The, the whole Yard Goat 
long-term team has always been a Colorado Rockies affiliate. Last year in New Britain, we we signed a player development contract with the Rockies, and it's a great relationship. We've had over 40 players now since 2016 reach the major league. So wearing that yard goat, Kelly, green, and blue to uh, to the purple and black of the Rockies, really, really cool. So we've got that kind of connection with them. Um, you know, you get to know the players and the coaches. Our manager actually from – from the last couple of years, um, in, in 2018, 2019, Warren Schaefer was actually just named the third base coach for the Rockies. So um, we're seeing players get promoted and we're seeing coaches get promoted. Um, and those that are watching in New England or in the tri-state, I mean, it's, it's worth the trip up. It's a, a beautiful ballpark. It's uh, a lot of folks say that it's more of a a uh, tiny, tiny major league ballpark as opposed to a big, big minor league ballpark. And I, I really think that's a good description with all the, the huge video board and the technology. It's a 360-degree concourse. So you can walk around. You can watch the game from the home plate area and kind of uh, make your way around out to the outfield, try to catch a home run in the outfield, go up to the Budweiser Sky Bar at the second deck. It's actually double-decked as well. So this is second tier as well. So it's really cool to call games here. Uh, with the vibe, um, you know, we we sell out about 94, 95% of our games, which is, you know, unheard of really for the AA level. It's tremendous. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of fun being part of what we've got here. Yeah, well, it sounds like you guys do a great job with uh, with ticket sales. Um, yeah, I mean, again, that's not common to just, you know, sell out that many games um, in any level of sports if it's, you know, below you know the highest level of pro sports or the highest level of college sports i mean i've done you know arena football games that you know maybe i don't know a quarter of the seats were filled um you know i even heard of the massachusetts pirates the team i work with there was a team called the main mammoths um who, who played in their league who actually would give away tickets for free um, so they'd be less embarrassing on tv how empty their stadium was so that's pretty impressive you know, how many games you sold out with the, uh, the yard goats, but did you, you know, I talked about how, you know, I used to play college baseball and you talked about how your sons play. Did, did you always want to specifically be a baseball broadcaster and did you play, we may have talked about your playing background a little bit the last time I interviewed you, but was, you know, did you have a background specifically in baseball and, and want to specifically do professional baseball or did you just want to do pro sports of any form. Yeah, I was ready to do any sport. I did play baseball. I wasn't very good. I played in high school. Uh, that was about it. Um, but I, I always, that was always a, 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 you know, number one sport, I guess, and first love. And then um, I, where I went to college, I went to St. Joseph's College, which is a, a small division three school on Sebago Lake up in Maine. And they had a really good basketball team. And we got a, we got a, uh, a really good opportunity when I was a sophomore, a college basketball coach signed a commercial radio deal uh, with a station in town because there was really, there was just so much excitement around the team. So he, he actually hired a professional to do the play-by-play -play and actually gave me the job as the color commentator. So I really learned from a pro like, you know, about, and college radio is, is awesome and it's a great learning curve, but like when when you realize that thirty seconds now a thirty second spot needs to be thirty seconds, it can't be thirty five seconds, it can't be twenty five seconds. Um, you know, and learning that from a true pro, I, I thought really helped me. Um, then I got a chance to do it and do Bryant University when I got out of college, um, and then that kind of spiraled into you know where I am now. I actually. I, I worked for the Red Sox AAA team at the time in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. So that's 
where I made a lot of connections as well to get into the industry. So that's that's re- really got me, uh, you know, involved in baseball full time. But yeah, I think when I was in school, I, I would have done. I, I my goal was to get with a team and work with a team, and you know, kind of be their voice. It didn't matter at that time whether it was baseball, basketball, or football. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's, you know, you talk about networking. I mean, that's the name of the game. The big thing I learned was when you network with other broadcasters, it's better to show a passion for <clears throat> for the industry and especially if it's you know a broadcaster is more experienced than you are and get feedback from them you know rather than just only talking to them when you need something talk to them consistently and it's kind of similar like my dad is an economics professor and he'll go to economics conferences and meet other professors and they'll talk about the economy because they're passionate about it but he's not just going there to ask them oh can your university hire me Right. And he's developing a consistent relationship with them. And then hypothetically, five years after they have that conversation, if he wants to leave the university that he's working at and they have an opening, maybe there'd be the connection there. But it's it's not about just asking people for things. It's about, you know, sending someone your reel, getting feedback. And, you know, if they're willing to help you, would you be willing to help them versus, you know, one sided relationship? But networking and broadcasting is is huge. And I've heard of tons of people. You know, like Bob Sosi, for example, the voice of the Patriots was doing minor league baseball, didn't expect to get an NFL opportunity and got the Patriots job through a contact he'd made years before. So networking is so huge. Um, But, um, you know, the one other thing you said, you talked about the 30 second spots. That's the difference between, I think, live broadcasting, whether it's like TV or FM radio and then like a podcast is, you know, it is so like on the dot and, you know, they'll cut to commercial if you're still rambling. Right. Ready. Podcasting, I guess, you know, fits my personality a little bit better because I can, you know, ramble and talk about the meaning of life and whatever other bullshit I want to talk about. But, you know, and, um, you know, you're your own boss and you do a podcast, but that is true. You have to be, you know, more conscious, you know, on the air during a, a live broadcast. But, you know, my final question before we wrap things up, um, you know, obviously you've, you've done a lot in your career already, but you know, what, what goals do you have kind of moving forward? I mean, do you, do you want to, and you don't have to answer this if it's too controversial, but like, do you want to work with the Yargos long-term or pursue other opportunities? And again, I don't want you in trouble here, but like, what are some of your long-term goals? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. And everything that you said is true about networking and, and, and getting contacts throughout the industry and, you know, I'm surprised over the years that emails and contacts that I've made that people answer and, you know, some some of the biggest stars in the industry will reach out and say hello. And, you know, they were at where I am at one point in their career. Um, you know, sometimes they were even lower and sometimes, you know, they they weren't sure if they were going to make it. That's still ultimately my goal is is to broadcast Major League Baseball, NBA basketball. It, it, it always been a goal. And, you know, I, I still certainly have you know, some fire and, and, and aspirations to do that. But I've always said, this is a great spot to be. So uh, there's not a lot of other places that I would e- even consider in the minor leagues. I mean, this is a, this is home. Uh, we have a great ownership group. We have a great president and general manager. So if, if it's in the minor leagues, it's definitely the hard for yard dots for me. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do. And I, I connect with folks all the time. And it, just like you mentioned, it's important to have those connections. Then maybe when a job opens up, they do call you, they know your name. And it doesn't mean that you're going to get the job or even an interview, but you know, it's something where you're not just, you know, kind of going in blind. You've got that relationship where they maybe reached out and they know your name. So all that stuff is important. Absolutely. And I think you never want to, you never want to ask uh, for too much too early. Like, one of the guests we had um, on the podcast that you came on that I did with with Marcus, um, one of our guests was Ben Rowitz, who's uh, the manager of, for Tom Brady. And he was actually nice enough after we interviewed him. Um, I had like a 25, 30 minute networking call with him. But again, that was my first time talking to him off the show. I wasn't going to call him up and be like, okay, so when are we bringing Tom on the show? I just right. told him about my background, you know, and what my goals were. And he, you know, gave me advice here and there about different things. And I've exchanged emails with him, um, you know, you know, since that conversation a little bit um, and, and kept in touch. But again, that's, that's networking. If you ask for too much too early, you're gone, you know, and, and he, he fends off so many people who want to meet Tom that that's kind of a red flag. But again, if you just get to know people and you share that that mutual uh, passion, um, that's huge. But uh, yeah, no, that's huge. But, um, you know, Jeff, we really appreciate you uh, joining us. Um, and yeah, definitely wish you all the best with, you know, the college teams, the yard goats and uh, everything else. Yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on as always. And, you know, for any Young broadcasters getting into the business, um, you know, if you want to shoot me, my email's on our website, uh, jdooleyyardgoatsbaseball.com. You know, sh shoot me, just like you said, and, and I'll certainly listen to you stuff. I, I do get a, a lot of job inquiries, um, you know, this time of the year, like everyone else. And, I mean, we've we've been in a fortunate situation here. The Yard Goat slash Rockcats broadcasting job hasn't opened up in more than 20 years. I do the games with Dan Lovallo. We've been together more than 20 now. So hopefully that doesn't change for a while. So, um, but yeah, I'd be happy to listen to anything that any of your, your viewers, uh, you know, want to send my way to, to critique or to say hello. Uh, you know, that's the best way to do it for sure. And I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned also, um, you know, your son is playing college baseball now. So maybe someday if he makes the show, you know, that I have first dibs on on bringing him on this podcast, I guess. So we'll see. But uh, once again, everyone, that was uh, Jeff Dooley. This is Leverett Ball. Thanks for tuning in.